All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here. January 22nd, 2024. Tim, how are we doing today? I'm a little depressed. We'll get to that after I, I want to know how you're doing. Yeah, uh, nice weekend. Um, nice weekend. I know you're upset. I know why you're upset. Do you want to talk about it now or just save it for later or not talk about it at all? What are you Let's thinking? air the dirty laundry. The Buffalo Bills, my favorite yep. football team, lost. Um, very unfortunate to the to the Kansas City Chiefs, it was a good game. Um, the Bills just couldn't do it. And, and what makes it worse was reliving the 1990 Scott Norwood fiasco when I was eight years old when he kicked it wide right in the Super Bowl versus the New York Giants for the win. And it's funny how life works. Same yardage, exact same kick. 44 yards out starts up and then it just goes wide right i it was it was a bad game for the bills i'll say that going for a fake punt i didn't understand that call getting a nice bounce you know fumble through the end zone gifted that they they should have been down by 11 at that or 10 by that point but it would have been 11 but it's just stefan diggs i can't stand that guy yeah but some questionable decisions by the coach and the quarterback when you had four plays to get the first down and you're running for the end zone for no reason, which would be like a 40-yard play. And he had guys that were open for the first down, so that was a little bit strange. Obviously, the fake punt was a little bit strange. You shouldn't have to rely on Because even if you had scored on one of those plays when he tried to go deep when he didn't have to, you get the lead, but you also give Mahomes like two full minutes on the clock. Like, why are you, why are you trying to end it so quickly? It's so strange. It was right in the receiver's hands. You know, he sees an open receiver and he throws it. So what do you want him to do? Like, it it was right in Diggs' hands, and then it was in that other receiver's hands. I don't know who the heck that was. They were missing big big play Gabe Davis. He was gone. That that was a big... uh, big hit for them. I I was upset. And then then we're playing poker while the game's going on. I'm, I'm playing with my good friend, Neil Witkowski, friend of the show. I shove all in. I have aces, Tim. Aces. He has ace, queen, suited. He hits a flush. First three cards out the gate. How, how does that happen? It just wasn't my night. Was not my night. So, yeah. Bills, 
next year. Is uh, yeah, is McDermott out, or do you bring him back? I think you bring him back. I think you get rid of Stefan Diggs, prima donna. It's it's you can talk if you make the plays when the lights are the brightest. He doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. And that was right in his hands. It hit him right in the bicep. Went through his hands. He has to make that catch. Absolutely has to make that catch. It's frustrating. When you watch the other team, they're getting plays by Marquez Valdez Scantling. The guy hasn't made a catch in two years, and he's making big catches down the field. It's just shouldn't be that way. Did you make so any uh, bets on that game? Give better. That's the thing. You make a bet with give better. You lose. You're frustrated for the loss. But then you realize some of your money's going to a good place. And that's why Give Better is fantastic because I don't feel as bad that I lost because I get to donate 25% of all my losses to a charity of my choice. So go to Give Better, sign up. And now they have a, a beautiful fantasy app that still gives your donations to a good cause. It's, it's a great thing. Tim and I both do it. You make five picks a day on any game. They, they change the games up every now and again. It's football, basketball, hockey. You pick a game, you make five selections. If you get all five right now, from now until the Super Bowl, you win $100. We've already had a few winners from our listeners, right, Tim? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, they're getting paid. It's the real so deal. So check it out. Sign up right now. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. It's very simple. Go to any app, what Android, iPhone, whatever. They all have it. It's a beautiful app. It works really fun. It's just like Tinder. Tim knows that. You swipe left, swipe right. Tim always swipes right. Right, Tim? Almost never. Almost Does never. that mean you accept the match? You always swipe right. Mm, no. Right, yeah, but swipe right, right is right. match, yeah. Oh, he wants matches. And you can do it too on Give Better. Check it out. It's a beautiful, fun app to play with. Givebetter.app slash DTG. Match all five from now until the Super Bowl. You win, win $100. That's it. Scott Free. Nothing else you have to do. So check that out. They're a great company. Tim loves them. I love them. And you will too. And it gives us a little uh, bump too if you go and do that. Givebetter.app slash DTG. There was a coaching change, Tim. Very strange time for a coaching change in the season. Usually you see it within the first month of the season, maybe a month and a half. Very rare do you see it midway through the season. But there was one. The New York Islanders have fired Lane Lambert, who, from what I can tell, was liked by the players. The fans did not like him. They wanted him out. They, they were calling for his head, and they got what they wanted. The savages got the blood. He's out, and guess who's in? Patrick Roy. Patrick Roa. I'm sorry I said that. I was trying to be funny. It's not funny. Patrick Roa, back in the NHL, coaching in the queue for the last, what, 10 years, Tim? A long time for the Quebec Ramparts. Yeah, 13 seasons. I didn't realize he had been gone for that long. Um, right? Because I know yeah. he's coached in the NHL before, but 13 seasons for the Ramparts went 524-255-66. So he's won a lot of games down there, and he came back to the NHL to come back and win again. Well, let me just preface this. He's 13 years totally with the Quebec Ramparts. He coached there for like eight, left to go to Colorado, and then came back to Quebec after the Colorado stint. So the Colorado is is shoehorned in between the 13 years. So I think he was like eight NHL back for like five. And now he's back in the NHL because he's killing it in Quebec. He's winning tons of games. He won the Memorial Cup last year. Just fantastic results for a Quebec Ramparts team. And now he's, he's with the New York Islanders trying to resurrect this team. 
What are your thoughts on this signing? Because moving on from Lane Lambert is tough. You, your team was right in the playoff hunt. You're 20 and 15, respectable, you know, record in that division when you're playing the Hurricanes and the Rangers and the Capitals. It's a t- tough division, the, the Penguins, the Devils. What are your thoughts? Good move? Bad move? What do you think? Well, they obviously needed the change, but when I saw who they were bringing in, I thought at first it was more of like a PR move just because of like obviously the name and the the character charisma that he brings. It's like, okay, they're bringing in some media attention. Let's see if he can actually do it. And then I realized how good of a coach he that he is. Because not only like in Quebec, like we mentioned, but in three seasons in Colorado, you know, eight years ago-ish, he went 130, 92, and 24, and he won the Jack Adams Trophy in 2014 for the best coach in the league. So he's a much better coach than I thought. I think in my mind, I linked him with the same thing with like Gretzky, where he was like, you know, incredible player, hockey genius, but the coaching just didn't work out and I just didn't pay enough attention. But he's a legit coach and he's very, very good. And even if you look at the video and the reports of like the first practice that he ran for the Islanders, like high tempo, high intensity, he's yelling at guys, he's stopping drills, he's interrupting the play, like, hey, get it right. Let's do it my way. Like, we're going to take it up a notch. What you've done so far this year is not good enough. And that's exactly what the Islanders need. They had a big win last night, and uh, it's looking good so far. Well, yeah, one game in, good results, but uh, very Patrick Waugh on brand. He's a fiery guy. He's a competitor, and he screams. Like, he he will get up and yell at the refs. He yells at the players. He lets everybody know what he's thinking at every second. So interesting choice for Lula Morello. Usually he goes for the more subdued coaches, more reserved, because that's just how he is. He likes to be in control. He doesn't like things out of control, but we'll see how it goes. I think they need this in the New York Islanders. They need some kind of wake-up call. They have a veteran team. You can't put a rookie coach in that position. The veterans maybe walk all over them, not maybe be respected in the locker room. If you put a Patrick Waugh in there, not just his coaching resume, this guy's done it all gold medal winner, Stanley Cup winner. He's won multiple Veznas. He won Con Smythe. Like he's won every other than a heart, which they never give to goals. Has he won a heart? Maybe he has. Maybe I'm speaking out of, out of the line here, but the guy's won everything. He carries that reputation with him into the locker room. So the players will listen. And the New York Islanders, I don't know where they, they rank out of all the ages of all the teams, but they must be the oldest team in the NHL. They have so many veteran guys. They're all 32, 33, 36, 34. They have a veteran-laden team, and you need a coach that carries some weight into that locker room so they they perk up and they listen to what he has to say. And when he screams in practice, they stop and they go, okay, I better do it right. If you have a rookie coach coming in, you, th- you think Bo Horvat or Anders Lee or Brock Nelson or Kyle Palmieri or Cal Clutterbook or Matt Martin – all those vets are going to give a hoot if a rookie coach comes in and goes, you know, you know, Cal, I think if you're rounding out that turn, you should maybe cut it off. They're going to be like, beat it. Like, I don't care what you have to say, but Patrick Waugh, they'll listen to because they respect them. So I like the hiring. Do I think it's going to turn them into a playoff contender, Tim? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I think they'd be maybe wild card, but I, I, I just, I just don't think they have it this year. Sororkin has been playing great hockey he's playing oh hey okay hockey for him but i just don't maybe they slide in on the wild card but uh all in all i think it's a good good hiring for patrick waugh I, th- I think he's a good fit there in the long term yeah i mean they're definitely in the playoff contention right now they're only two points out of the second wild card spot um with a game in hand over tampa bay so they're right there but the bigger question is if, if they're in just say that everything goes right 
and he starts putting in like a Tortorella like stretch where they play harder. They they're winning one nothing, two to one, and and all of a sudden they win seven out of ten or something or six out of ten. Who's who slides out? Like, do we feel like they can push Tampa out of a out of a playoff spot at the end of the season? I don't know about that. Or Detroit? Because you also have the Capitals, Peng- Penguins, Devils all hunting right there. So I I mean I, it's good for them. They're a team that feel like that can upset. Um, in the first round, I don't think a lot of teams that we're talking about can do that. I don't trust Detroit or the Cavs to upset a team. I feel like the Islanders could. They have before. Um, but they just don't have, like, I, who, who are you worried about on that team? You know what I mean? Like, Barzal, obviously a good player. Brock Nelson's a good player. But, like, who's going who's gonna to beat you in a, in a seven-game series if you're Florida, if you're the Rangers? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're underselling them. I do think they have a good roster. I like Barzal's. Obviously, he's not living up to his contract. I think he's a very good hockey player. Bo Horvat's still very dangerous. And then you have these veteran guys who everybody thinks they're 39 years old, but they're still only 32, 33. The Anders Lees, the Brock Nelsons, the John Gabriel Pajot. Kyle Palmieri's only 32. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You think he's been around the league forever, so they're still relatively young. I, I don't mind their roster. I really don't. They don't have anybody that outright scares me like you're mentioning like we need to keep an eye on this guy but as a whole i think they're good i think their best players are defensemen noah dobson and he's fantastic like I, he could be the norris trophy winner this year the way he's playing he's a big i think he's six four tim he moves the puck really really well he's confident yeah. he's a stud and he only makes four million dollars so i i really really like him so I, I fully believe they can make the playoffs. I think the team that they bump out is the Philadelphia Flyers. I think that's that's a logical choice. Philly's been playing above their their weight class, I think, all season long. Torch is just squeezing and getting every ounce of talent out of this team. They're playing really, really hard-inspired hockey. I don't think they budge the Carolina Hurricanes. I think the Rangers are there to stick. I think they catch the Flyers, and they they come in top three in the Metro. If things you know go as planned in New York, but I don't mind their roster, which made this tweet very... Just confusing to me. Somebody attacked me on Twitter. Can you believe that? Like bully no, almost. Never. I, I almost called the um, Elon Musk. This is this is too far. He said at John Scott underscore thirty two, which is my personal Twitter account. He said at John Scott underscore thirty two. I got a question for your pod. Why do all you goon guys hate the Islanders? A little, little I should have been a capital I. You, Avery Biz, dot, dot, dot. Was it because you guys couldn't beat up Trevor Gillies? Question mark. P.S. We're winning the cup after hiring Raw, and Long Island is beautiful. Marco. Lots to unpack there. I don't remember <laughs> ever coming after the Islanders. Maybe I did. I don't know. But um, I, I let's just—they're not winning the cup, Marco. I, I apologize to just break it to you. They are barely going to make the playoffs. Barely going to make the playoffs. And to call Avery a goon—that's a stretch. That guy, I. To be frank, me and Biz could just beat the wheels off that guy if we weren't even trying. Like he's not in our weight class. Man, maybe it doesn't make him a goon. He's got a different weight class. I think he was more talented than than uh, Paul and I. But to, to to say we hate the Islanders, I don't know. I will say this. I played for a lot of teams. I've been to a lot of hotels. I've been to a lot of cities. Only one city I've been to did we had to 
cordon off an area because a guy had just jumped off the roof of the hotel. That was in the New York Islanders. So it's it's a pretty depressing place based on that that instance. So there you go, Tim. So Marco, I, I like the Islanders. I don't know why you think I hate them. People get so touchy about me critiquing their team. It's, is it not okay to critique a team? Do I have to just be rainbows and butterflies for every single team in the NHL? It happened with the Wild. It happened with the Oilers. It happens with the Coyotes on a day-to-day basis. The Islanders. <laughs> every, yeah. every, every time I critique a team, people come at me. The pitchforks are out. It's crazy. Like, just accept it. The Islanders are struggling. They haven't been good for a few years now. They had their run back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. That was fun. He ran into a better Tampa Bay Lightning team. They're trying to continue to get back to that spot. I just, you know, you got to live in reality a little bit. They're not, they're not as good as you want them to be, and that's okay. You know, am I missing something him here, Tim? Am I hard on the Islanders? I don't think we ever talk about them. Yeah, not that often. But the funniest line from this tweet is the last one. He says, "And Long Island is beautiful." Like if 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 you've said if you critiqued the Islanders, you have not said a word about Long Island not being beautiful. I'm sure it is beautiful. I haven't been there. I'm sure it's lovely. I don't know why yeah. he's calling that out against you. So, Marco. I did I did Marco. call the game versus the Hawks the other day, so maybe I was a little harsh. I can't remember what oh. I said on the broadcast. So, Marco, if I said something, I don't know. And it was the Hawks cast, so it's a little more loosey-goosey where we're not really talking about the game. We're just shooting the breeze. Maybe I said something sideways. I don't know. You definitely I, must have. Yeah. That explains I, I, I apologize, Marco. All right, moving on. Corey Perry. Did I nail this one too? Everybody thought he was going to be banished from the NHL. He's gone forever. He's never going to play again. He's 37 years old. He's a predator. He's not coming back to the NHL. And I just said, pump the brakes. The story's going to go away for two months. And then he's going to quietly sign somewhere. Oh, look what happened. Corey Perry has signed a contract with the Edmonton Oilers. It's not official yet. But when everybody reports on it, he's going to sign with the Edmonton Oilers. Expect to be one year, league minimum. I think he, the tricky thing is if Chicago paid out his full contract. That's that's for the NHLPA to hash out. League minimum, Edmonton Oilers. What are your initial thoughts? Did you see the Oilers playing for uh, Perry? Were you surprised, Tim? No, not surprised at all. We knew that they were one of the teams that was going to be calling him along with the Leafs and a lot of other teams that, that sort of made sense that could have used a player like him. And I love this pickup for the Oilers. You know, they, they've been a top-heavy team for a few years now, less so in the last year or two than they were three, four, five years ago. But it's still an issue for that team. So anything they add to their bottom six is just huge. And Corey Perry, as we talked about, still produces very well. Like, he brings that grit and the leadership and that just little ball of hate energy that he's got. But he can still create offense. Like he was playing with Connor Bedard and he was playing pretty well. And so obviously he won't have any of the pressure or even the opportunities to, he's not first power play. You know, he probably won't play a, a top six role um, very often, but he can jump up and down the lineup if you need him to. So I think it's a great pickup for this team. And I can't see how it doesn't make him better. People are, are going back. Well, he only had 25 points last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He only had 21 with the Canadians in the start. Nobody in Edmonton cares what he does in the regular season at all he could sit out the whole regular season what you get from Corey perry is a guy who produces in the playoffs he's going to play third fourth line he's going to play in your first or second power play unit 
and the guy's going to be a pest for the other team. He's going to be in the other goalie's face. He's going to be in every scrum, and he's going to produce on the on the offensive side. He had five points last year in six games with the Lightning. He had 11 and 23 the year before, 10 and 22 the year before that. The guy puts up points in the playoffs. That's what he does. No matter what role he's in, he won't get first or second line minutes. Tim, you're right. They have a solid first and second line in Edmonton. The guy's just going to be a third and fourth line thorn in every side of the team that he plays against. And he's making league men. It's a beautiful signing for the Edmonton Oilers. Every team wanted this guy. Don't don't kid yourself that they were they're scared of his his you know his off ice issues and it's going to be a circus and this and that. Not a chance. Every team wanted this guy for the playoffs. He's been doing it every single year. He's like a hired gun. Goes from Anaheim to Dallas to Montreal to Tampa Bay. Now he's going to Edmonton. Good for him. I, he's going to fit in there fine. He's going to mesh well. I think he'll be good for Connor McDavid. He'll take the heat off McDavid for a couple weeks anyways with the interviews. Everyone's going to be focused on Corey Perry. He's going to get 12 minutes a night, maybe second power play unit, and he'll he'll be just fine. Then you'll forget about him. The season will go on, and then it'll be the playoffs. And you're like, oh, cow, Corey Perry's in Edmonton. I forgot about that. And he's going to be lighting it up. It's great. So the Oilers have won 13 in a row, which is just incredible. Does any part of you worry about this being a distraction or like if they start losing, right, they're going to be like, we had 13 wins in a row and then we've lost four of six since we signed Corey Perry, like bad karma. We shouldn't have done it. Is that yeah. bother you at all? or A little bit. It's- it, Corey Perry's so much of a vet that he's not going to be. He's not going to be a distraction for these guys. Like he's right. been there, done that. This is like his fourth time going into a team fifth time going into a new locker room in the last four or five years. So I, I don't see him being a distraction. The media will try to make it a distraction, but I, I just don't see it happening. So th- I think it'll, f- I think it'll be fine. He's just gonna, it's going to calmly go in there. He probably practices like when Kane came back, he'll probably practice with the team for a few weeks, maybe one, and then he'll start playing, but they're, they're going to win Tim. Have you looked at their next, your coming games that are coming up? No Blue jackets. Oh, Chicago. Imagine if his first game is versus Chicago. And it's this week. Like they play the Blue Jackets tomorrow. They play the Blackhawks on the 25th. The Nashville Predators, they play on Sunday. And it's just like tapping after tapping. It gets a little harder. They go to Vegas. That might be one. But then Anaheim, LA, Detroit, St. Louis. They they could continue this win streak for a long time. So I this this is a good Oilers team. They these guys are they're rolling pretty good. Their defense is playing good. My fantasy goaltender, Stuart Skinner. Doing pretty well for him. Doing pretty good. We played Tim. I checked last week and I crushed you like eight to one. Like this past week or the week before? I think two weeks ago. I rolled you. Yeah. Wasn't even close. My team is not good. My team is not good. The goaltending. I'm missing my best player, Jack Hughes, and I still just dummied you. Wasn't even close. Very fun stuff. But what do you think? I want to know your honest opinion. Does this push Edmonton? They were already up there, right? They're already up there with the Rangers and the Avalanche and all these, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, these higher echelon teams. Does this vault them on par with them? Or are they even higher now with the Vancouver Canucks? So where do you put them in the in the rankings for a Stanley Cup contention? They're not in the top tier until they show more. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I still don't put them ahead of Vegas or even Colorado at this point. Maybe even Dallas. Um, I would I would probably put them ahead of Winnipeg, regardless of how good Winnipeg's playing, just because of the talent that they have. 
and I I might put them on par with the Canucks, even though the Canucks are playing that much better. We still don't know what this group can do in the playoffs, so I feel like Edmonton's got a slight advantage there, uh, or at least it makes it closer. But until they until they win a couple of rounds, I'm not betting on them beating Vegas or Colorado. So until they get to the Western Conference Finals, you're not going to buy in. That's what you're saying. What way to hedge your bet? I'm not going to yeah. buy in until they make the Stanley Cup Finals. Then I'll then I'll maybe yeah. buy in. No, but you know what I'm, you know exactly what I'm talking about. No idea what you're saying. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And if, and if they don't, man, I don't know. I, I they're not that team. Yeah, I'm not going to buy team. in on McDavid being a goal scorer until he scores a million. Then I'll buy in. Then I'll buy. Then I'll think it. But until then, it. not buying. No. But think I, about I, it. Would, okay, if you if they play Vegas in the first round, which is what's going to happen if it, if the playoffs end today, how how many games does Vegas beat them in? Five, six. What makes you think Vegas beats them? What makes you think Edmonton could beat them? Edmonton's playing fantastic. Vegas is uh, injuries. They're sluggish. Their defense has been suspect. Aiden Hill hasn't played all year. There's a lot of question marks with Vegas right now. I mean, obviously, a big part of that depends on whether Eichel comes back and how healthy he is. But I'm just right. saying the teams that have done it before, I'm still, I still pick them over the unknown. I agree, but you have to give them their due, Tim. You can't be so critical. That's my opinion. I think they're playing great. I, I think they've fixed a lot of their kinks. They started the year so incredibly bad. They've clogged their way back. I, I know there's still a ways to go in the Pacific and the West in general, but yeah, playing pretty good. Playing pretty good hockey. If I were to rank teams right now, I know. Edmonton is only 12th in the league standings. Like they're looking up at the Leafs, the Hurricanes, the Flyers, the Panthers, the Knights, the Stars. My top three teams right now are <laughs> crazy as it may seem, they're all in the West. Now wild, and they're all north of the border. Isn't that strange? Canucks, Jets, and Oilers. In that how, are you order, gonna have, how do you not have the Bruins in your top three? Because they're not as good as the Canucks, Jets, or Oilers. I think right now, if the playoffs started, I think the Jets have a better team, better better overall depth. I think the Canucks are just a, they're head and shoulders, not head and shoulders above everybody, eyebrows and forehead above everybody. They're, they're, they're a little bit over everybody. And then I think the Oilers are the hottest team in hockey. So if the playoffs started now, they would just roll. They're very the confident. Oilers, they are the hottest team in hockey. It's not your opinion. But the I Jets still... are 9-1-1. One, and one. Nine and one in their last ten. The Canucks are eight one and one in their last ten. They're very close to the, being the hottest teams in hockey. You talk about hedging your bets. The Bruins are six and four. I think the Oilers are good. I think the Oilers are good. I think they're playing really good hockey right now. He says about the team that's won thirteen games in a row. It's a bold take, John. You're so brave. Well, that's why I think they're in the top three because of that. I don't think I'm going to have to wait until the Western Conference Finals until I give them that little medal. Moon. Maybe you know what? If they win the I, cup, I'll give them that. Yeah, if they do. Listen, no one wants... I mean, that's not true. But I want the Oilers to win as well. But I have no reason to bet on them right now. None. Despite the fact that they've won 13 in a row. John, they've had regular season success before. If the Leafs had won 13 in a row, would you start talking about the Cup? No, because no. they always falter in the playoffs. The Oilers have made the Western Conference Finals. They've won in the playoffs before. We'll see. I'm just... We'll if this was a debate... I would have gotten the win five minutes ago. You haven't said anything oh, man. yet. Oh, yeah. I've said a lot. I've said a lot. Should we move on so you can stop embarrassing yourself to the to the listeners? Oh, my word, Tim. This is fun for me. Let's do a Wendy's. Yeah. 
Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of acronyms in hockey. SOG, GAA, PIM, PPG. How about a new one? The BPMM. Wendy's Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt. Sure, it might not help you win in weekly prizes, but it tastes really good. And unlike your, dis- your betting, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the Bacon Portobello Mushroom Melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for Daily Faceoff today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. That was a do? great ad read. I butchered that last week because I didn't know we were supposed to do the uh, the SOG and GAA and PPG. It sounds so good. I was like, shot on goal, goals against him. I just read it fully out like a <laughs> dummy. Tim's good. That was good. And you know what's funny? Wendy's is good stuff. They are good. And of all the fast foods in my area, Wendy's is right up there. If not number one, I should probably say number one. They're number one. They are number one. But you think you like fast food? Wait till you move down south, if you ever did. They're on every corner. And it's changed you never heard of. There's Popeyes everywhere and Bojangles and uh, just way more. And then all these like local fried chicken places that it looks like gas stations and everyone there's a line out the door. It's crazy. Are Bucky's down there? Are they what? Bucky's? Yeah, I think so. I lived in Houston yeah. for almost three years, so I know. Okay. I guess, is that south enough for you, Tim? Houston? <laughs> yeah, but it's not really the south. Texas is something different. It's not south enough until I go there and see it on the on the globe, <laughs> if it's south enough. Then I'll then I'll give it its southness. But until then, <laughs> it's not that south. <laughs> not that south. <laughs> All right, Tim, let's talk about Toronto. What, what's going on in Toronto? What's Elliot Friedman saying? They're kicking the can to, to next year already? <laughs> Yeah, this is really strange. I saw this tweet come across my timeline. I don't watch 32 Thoughts or listen to it or whatever, but Elliot Friedman was talking about the Leafs, and this is in the context of them, whether or not they add at the deadline. And he basically said they're not going to. And here's the quote. I think Toronto is thinking bigger picture. I don't think it's about this year anymore. I think they're thinking about where they're going. I really wonder if deep down that as an organization, they're saying we are not good enough to win this year. We are resetting and reshaping our roster and we're going to do that. This is something that it sounds like <laughs> something you would say. And people would be like, ah, oh, John Scott punched him in the head too many times. This is Elliot Friedman. This is the horse's mouth. You know what I mean? Like, if he's saying it, either it's completely true or he's being fed. And this is some kind of media inspiration power play from the front office to the players or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. If that's what some people want to say it is. But if you're Toronto, how can you not be furious about even the fact that this would be suggested? Based on the players you have, how can you not be all in? You can't keep this core together much longer. What? What do you? I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't. First of all, I respect Elliot Friedman. I don't know what what he's talking about. Like maybe they don't want to add because they can't add. But to think that they're that they're going to like just punt to next year that doesn't make sense at all like and how do you remake this roster how this roster's set my man like this this is it this is the best this team will be ever willie nylander's contract's kicking in next year that's an extra five million bucks like there's austin matthews new contract kicks in it's extra two million dollars so there's seven million you saw the same guys on the on the ice so i don't know how this team gets better next year and you're going to remake the whole franchise. It's just, he missed the mark on this one 100% because this this is their team. And to think they're going to kick the can down the road, like, it, it's not getting any better. Like, this is this is the best team they'll ice. And I said at the beginning of the season, 
this is as good as it gets right now for the Leafs. That's it. You're going to lose Bertuzzi. You're going to lose Domi. You're going to lose a couple defensemen, TJ Brody. This is it. And so you have to make the most of this season. And I, I don't know how you don't see that. All of a sudden, next year, you're going to get better. I did, did, maybe two years down the road when Tavares' contract leaves, I get that. You, you'll free up some money. You'll have some more room. But I, I don't see how that makes sense to me by just, just giving up already. They, they're definitely all in this year. They have to go all in every year when you have these three guys. Matthews, Marner, and Nylander. That's it. It's almost like what was Rutherford with Pittsburgh. He kept signing guys, trading draft picks, because you have to maximize the talent when you have it. The difference is these guys haven't won. So I, I, I don't agree with Elliot Friedman on that. I know he's smart and this and that. I, I don't, unless, like you mentioned, it's coming from Toronto, and they're just giving him a pass for this year. And we say, oh, you know, we're going to regroup next year. We, things didn't work out. But it doesn't, they're midway through the season. I, I, don't, I don't understand that, Tim. What are your thoughts? Maybe because they've been struggling. Well, they were struggling last week, and they lost four in a row like we talked about last week, but they've won two out of three now um, since their four-game skid. And their, their one loss was a, was a crazy game in, in Vancouver, which was a lot of fun to watch. But that puts them up to third in the Atlantic because if they had lost two out of three, they might have slipped further down because they were in the wild-card spot last time we talked about this. So they're, they're back up. It's still super close. Detroit's right there, um, but it's, it, Tampa's right there. I don't know. It's just strange to me that this would even be brought up, which makes me think it, it is some kind of power play. It's coming from the front office. They're putting pressure on the players. They want that pushback. Because I can't, it, it makes no sense to me otherwise. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team that should be all in every single year. So the fact that someone like Elliot Friedman is saying they might not be this year is really strange to me. Unless, like you said, this is their way of saying, hey, we don't want anyone of a trade deadline. This is the group we have even though you can't add anyone of a trade deadline. This is the roster. It's like my, my little cousin when he was younger, he still is very, very allergic to peanuts and peanut butter. When he was a little kid, he would tell everyone how gross peanut butter was, that he didn't want it, even if he could have it. He's like, it's gross. Why does anyone eat it? It's the same thing. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, so it's, why do we have the trade deadline? There's no one else we want. Everyone we want, we already have. We have the 23 the, best players in the world. I know, <laughs> yeah. They they just, it's, and Elliot Friedman is like, if if it's coming from him, there's Something there's substance there. there. Yeah, this this isn't a guy who just says stuff off the cuff like us and just making. Hopefully, it sticks on the wall. You know what I mean? Like he he obviously has heard something, so it, it does ring some kind of issue with me. Where it's like, gosh, maybe something's going on. I don't know. If I'm in the locker room, if I'm the Leafs, I don't like hearing this. But no. what is Ryan Reeves, friend of the show, three time friend of the show? What is he? What's happened with him, Tim? Well, you brought this to my attention this morning. I had no idea, but apparently he spoke out in the media and said he's been healthy for weeks and he doesn't understand why he's not playing. And first we laughed. We were kind of like, Reeves, you're not good anymore, man. Like, you're not cracking this lineup. But that's Tim not made the a issue. very funny joke. He said, who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him why, why he's not playing? That's um, funny. But but that's but he's not just not playing. He's not activated. So here he is saying, I've been healthy for weeks, but he's on the IR. And he's been on the IR since he got hurt a few months ago, which means, is this capture convention? And this is what he said. Um, I've been on the ice for a couple of weeks now, trying to stay ready. I'm not going to speculate anything. If I get called upon, I do. If I don't, I get my work in. And Keith said, just keep working, stay ready. That's a big part of it. But if you have a healthy player who's saying that to the media, you have to activate him. Like, isn't that part of the, the rules about using the IR? 
You can't just keep him there. This is fantasy hockey. Strange. Yeah. I don't know how he can say that and they can still throw him on the IR. He makes 1.3, and right now they have zero cap space. So there's an issue there. If they bring him up, Robertson has to go down. They have to maybe send down another defense when they have eight D-men on the roster right now. So they'd have to figure something out, maybe send down. I don't know, Benoit's been playing really good. So it, it's it's a weird situation, and they brought this on themselves. Why would you sign Ryan Reeves for three years at 1.35? It just was a head scratcher. We, I, I, when he was on the show, I said, Ryan, how how the hell did you do this? Like, this is, you're stealing from the Leafs at this point. He's like, oh. So <laughs> it, it's it's strange. Toronto, again, not like, the Leafs or not like the Oilers. I feel like they have issues. They will be in the playoffs, but I, I don't trust them. They have gold issues. There's dysfunction in the front office. The head coach is just always on the hot seat. And that doesn't breed a confident hockey team. Everybody's always looking over their shoulder. Everybody's pointing fingers. That's not a good environment to win in. You want to be able to like have a team that has your back, takes responsibility if something bad happens. And, and I feel like that's not happening with the Leafs right now. Don't you think it just the environment is is toxic? I know that's a word that gets thrown around all the time, but it just seems like everybody's in it for themselves. Shanahan's trying to keep his job. Keith's trying to keep his job. It's just weird that that environment it doesn't seem like a friendly place to go and play. No, but I wonder now, though, like the last couple of regular seasons, everything was going perfectly. You know, like they were scoring bunches of goals and Matthews had three hat tricks a year and getting the highlight reels and all that. And then the playoffs came and punched them in the face and they had no response. So I wonder if the fact that this season isn't all lollipops and rainbows means that they're going to be better prepared to go on a deeper run and that they're not going to fool themselves into thinking that they're better than they are. When they run into a team that knows how to back check and block shots and those sort of things, even if they don't have the talent that Toronto has. So maybe the fact that this year is more bumpy is going to set them up for better success in the playoffs. Yeah, the frustrating thing with the Leafs is we were watching that game together versus Vancouver, and Vancouver is a litmus test this year. Like it or not, they're a very good hockey team. They get blown out in the first period. Zadorov was playing out of his mind. Connor Garland, both friends of the show, they were playing fantastic. Tyler Myers, another friend of the show, pasting guys on the bench. Like, they were dominating the Leafs. Second period starts, completely different game. Toronto dominates. They come back. They're scoring at will. It's a very fluid offense for them. They're up and down the ice. It was it was a completely different second period. Third period starts. They're back to their old self. Vancouver takes over. They get the win six to four. So it's just frustrating for a Leafs fan and a coach. Like, which team do we have here? Because we have the potential. We dominated the Canucks in the second period. But again, you can't do it for a 60, 60 minute time frame. And it's it's tough to look at. Yeah, that's not a team I'm going to bet on come playoff time. It really isn't. Yes, you have an explosive offense, but you you have to play consistent hockey, and right now they're just not doing it. And they don't have the goaltending to make up for mistakes. Samsonov's not that guy. He was, Maybe he can be again, so we'll see. I, I just uh, have to add. you got to add somebody at the deadline. You can't just sit there. If you're in the wild card spot, you have those top stars. You have to Try something, right, Tim? You have draft picks. You can trade. You have something tangible that you can trade. You have a first-round draft pick. Trade it. Get somebody. This is the best you're going to be. Don't you feel like it's some like come March, we're going to see John Tavares go down with some undisclosed injury and freeing up ten million dollars in cap space? You know what I mean? And then they're going to go Stone in Vegas. Yeah, Chikrin 
or Mar- yeah, you know what I mean? They're going to go add a number one defenseman or add some depth scoring, and then Tavares is magically healthy for the first round. Something I feel like that's what they'd have to do to be competitive. And honestly, I wouldn't be mad at them. Like the teams are doing it. Why shouldn't the Leafs try it too? So well, well yeah, it's like you can't force someone to be injured. It's funny you say they need a number one defenseman. Morgan Riley's like, I'm here. Hi. He's never really filled that role. He really has. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that over the weekend actually, because it's like he he gets paid as a low end number one defenseman. He's making seven and a half million at the time. That was a much bigger number when he signed it. Um, it, it was worth a lot more than it. He probably signed for nine now if he was a free agent. He signed um, it last year. I just don't know that he. I don't know. I don't. We don't have to talk about Morgan Riley, but if he's a number one, he's he's at the low the low tier of number ones in the league. But it is remarkable how much they invest in their defense because, yeah, he he's did sign that last year. So he makes 7.5. When you look at every other good team, they have some solid D-men, whether it's Tampa, whether it's the Rangers, whether it's Vegas. Like, they have D-men making $10 million, and they are worth it. So maybe that's the issue. They, they haven't invested more heavily in their defense. I don't know. So we'll he, he signed that on October 2021, so over two years ago. It didn't kick into um, last year. Yeah, but I'm just saying at the time, like it, if he had signed now, he'd be looking north of $9 million, if not more. Um, that's why yeah. I think I'm just saying like he got paid. He got paid. Are we going like deba- to debate again? You don't think he'd get $9 million right now? I think he could have got $9 million back then. I feel like he like he was coming off a 68-point campaign. He, he was playing pretty good. And, and there was guys signing $9 million contracts left and right. Is that he'd when be, Seth Jones signed his? Yeah, there was a bunch going around. There's guys getting bank. Seven seven and a half is a good deal for Riley. I think that's he's Leafs are getting a bargain with him there. I don't think. Yeah. Well, let's do quick hits by DoorDash. Ordering is easy with DoorDash. All you do is you open the app on your phone, your computer. You can do it over email, I think. Just email them your order. You choose what you want from where you want it, and your items will be left at your DoorDash, your doorstep. If you watch those videos of DoorDash, people stealing the food after they deliver it. Doesn't doesn't happen with our promo code. They told us that. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. Offer is valid only in Canada, unfortunately. Subject to change. Terms and conditions apply. That's NATION25, everybody. If you're living in the States, Full price. Sorry, if you're living in Canada, big time discount. I think we hate our U.S. listeners, but they no, can get, get better. Them. They can we get, get better. We love you. We don't. We don't hate you. Nation Network hates you because they don't give us the U.S. <laughs> promo code. We're working We're on trying. it. Dodge. That's what they said. They're working on it. <laughs> it's been like six months. All right. Well, what are the quick hits here, Tim? Yes, yeah, Seattle's Yanni Gord was suspended for two games over the weekend for charging Matthias Ekholm. Did you see this play? I didn't. Fill me in. Yeah, just uh, he's trying to Gord is trying to tangle with McDavid. McDavid doesn't bite, so he just goes the full length of the of the um, one end from blue line to the corner and throws his body into Ekholm, who kind of goes into the boards awkwardly, goes right down. He's fine. He he recovered, um, and obviously chaos ensues as usually does when a hit like that happens. But Ekholm's in the bench. Or in the box yelling at Gord, and he's like, "You're effing dead next game," something like that. But wouldn't uh, we'll see? I bet we'll see those two guys go at it next time they play each other. Well, I'm watching it now because Gord takes a stick right in the face from McDavid at the faceoff, and he's trying to fight him. 
and he chases him down the ice. He's like, let's go, McDavid. Let's go, McDavid. Then he reacts and just buries Echo. I think it's – I, I honestly think it's a fine hit. That's just me. I guess I should look at it more closely, but I like it. Yanni Gord, there's a good chance they might see them in the playoffs down the line. Perfect. Love it. Yanni Gord's already won the cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who cares? He's playing with house money at this point. I call the next him one, Jared. I'm going to get you. <laughs> Jared Spurgeon having season-ending hip and back surgery. Tough blow for the Wild. They've had tough blow after tough blow all year. He will be back next season. Do we feel like the Wild are going to become sellers at the deadline? Him. Yeah, obviously. They stink. Yeah, they're, they, they will try to sell everybody. Remember that song in college? My my hip, my back. <laughs> yes, I do. Don't Google I wasn't it. in college though. Don't Google that song, kids or parents. Yeah, that was a I former John they... Scott, a long time ago. All right, they last don't have one. a lot of expiring contracts though, so we'll see what they do. They tra- they, they're going here. to try to trade everybody. Mark Andre Fleury, he'll be gone. Jane Pinto signs a one-year deal with the Sens worth seven hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. He's eligible to regroup the rejoin the lineup this past Sunday. Yesterday, he served a 41 game suspension for violating the NHL's sports wagering rules. This is the one that apparently over the summer, one of his buddy made a pick from his phones and someone at whatever app recognized him, his name and reported it. And he said he didn't do it. Um, they still had a zero tolerance policy. So he's back, back in the lineup. Good for him. Yeah. There's some stupid, stupid suspension. Kind of, dystopian about the fact that he's getting suspended for this while players are wearing like ESPN bad on their jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, there's some disconnect there, but it's just Gary Bettman at his finest first game back. It's an assist plus two. So not bad at all. He's a good player. It's very rare. You see a guy in his third or sophomore season. gets an 82 game schedule does really well and gets a, a pay decrease. It's just <laughs> funny Poor kid, but yeah, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll have a good season. I like him. It's just Gary Bettman trying to drop the hammer. You know what I mean? Just trying to be a tool, in my opinion. There was no rhyme or reason to suspend this kid 41 games. For all the other stuff going on, even if he did bad, like, who cares? You're not betting on your own team. Like, just give it a break. Let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) 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 Oh, Is that it, Tim? Anything else we want to talk about? That's all I got working on an interview for this week. Who, Who Who are you kicking the tires on? The one we already mentioned, Demers. Demers. Oh, Daddy. Demers. Uh, Jock Demers. That'd be fun. A Hall of Fame coach. Pretty good. Very fun. Jason Demers. Jason Demers. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get an actual current player too. I got a couple a couple things in the works. You know how it is. All right, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.